0: that's a great clip. It's the priest's first wedding that he's officiating and he gets all of his words mixed up. You know, it's really based on a true story. Uh, It's based on my life as a pastor. Just (laughs) kidding, no. But uh, at the end there, uh, he kind of flubs the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Holy Spirit. He says, Holy Spicket. And so uh, that's kind of a lead into what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks is studying the Holy Spirit. A pastor named Francis Chan uh, wrote a book called Forgotten God. And in that book, he writes about how a lot of Christians in the world talk a lot about God the Father or the Creator, talk about Jesus the Son, the Redeemer. But the third part of God, the Holy Trinity, the third person, the Holy Spirit or the sustainer, uh, is often ignored in churches or in believers' lives. And so uh, Pastor Francis Chan wants to kind of draw attention to that and ask some questions about why is it that we might be uncomfortable uh, with the Holy Spirit and and how has the Christian church in general maybe forgotten about the Holy Spirit. And so I've been thinking about that uh, over the past uh, several weeks, getting ready for this series, which I'm really excited about. And you know, there's a lot of reasons that we forget things. Sometimes we want to forget things uh, intentionally. There's something that, that has happened we're not excited about, or maybe we're embarrassed about, and we want to kind of block that out of our mind. Maybe we are athletes and we we lost a, a game and just got creamed. We'd like to forget about that. Or maybe we're musicians and our last concert didn't go so well, and so we don't want to remember that. Or maybe it was a fashion choice that we made several years ago and there are pictures floating around on Facebook or the internet and we'd li- like for those to disappear. Or maybe it's just something that grosses us out. We walk into the kitchen and see our parents making out, oh, you want to forget that and never want to remember that again. So sometimes those are the reasons that we forget. Sometimes I think we forget because our brains are so full that we think if we learn one more thing that there's no room in there and we have to forget something so that we can learn something new. And that's probably not scientifically proven, but I think we might all feel that way when so much stuff is coming into our heads constantly. I think sometimes we forget because our brains start to age and to decay, and and some of us begin to forget things, and some of us develop diseases such as dementia. And then I think sometimes we forget things because we've never really focused intently on them. We might have heard about them or, or seen them in passing, uh, but never really kind of you know, focused on that. So out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And maybe that's what Francis Chan is talking about for followers of Jesus, followers of the triune God, that, that the Holy Spirit is, you know, talked about in the Bible. But when we talk about it in our lives, we're not quite sure what to make of that. It's kind of a mystery for some of us. It might invoke fear or we're, we're scared we're going to have to like speaking tongues or handle snakes or something like that. And so Francis Chan kind of challenges us to discover the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the goal of of what we're going to spend our next few weeks talking about is how can we in our own lives and in the life of our church, our local church here, South Park Church, or wherever you are watching this in the world, that, that we can discover the Holy Spirit. So, uh, if you've ever asked the question, maybe, or maybe not even thought about it, I've got Jesus, why do I need the Holy Spirit? Then, then that's what we're talking about, because the Holy Spirit is a very special part of God. And if we're not experiencing that, then we're missing out on something very special. So, what is your own personal experience of the Holy Spirit? And maybe before we go any further, we need to think about the Holy Trinity. What is that? I mean... How many gods do we really have? Is it one God or do we have three gods? We have God the Father who's the creator, Jesus the Son who is the redeemer, the one who saves, or in the Holy Spirit is the sustainer, the one who is with us. Is, is that three gods or one God? How do we understand this? Well, my understanding of, of the doctrine of the Trinity, the theology around the Trinity is we have one God and three persons. Okay, so one God and then three distinct persons that are all equally and fully God, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, Uh, one essence, three persons. Each has their own consciousness, but still part of one God. Uh, Another way of thinking about that is we have one what and three who's. We have God and then who is God. We have three persons within that, but still one God, one essence, three persons, three unique, conscious persons that relate to each other, fully God, absolutely God, uh, that are operating in the world. And still with that, it's a mystery. Now, some people have tried to explain the Trinity in all kinds of different ways, meaning well. And I think one of the most popular ways people have tried to explain the Trinity is, is kind of the roles that, that God plays. For example, you could say about me that uh, I'm a father to Luke and Nathan. I'm also a husband to Laura uh, and I'm a son to Hank and Mary Zell, that, that I, you know, I'm the same person. I have three different roles, and that's a way we can think about God. That's not true. In fact, that's actually a heresy, a Trinitarian heresy. So banish that from your thoughts, because God is more than three different roles, right? God is three persons, unique persons, and one God. And yet that's still a mystery, uh, but that's kind of our, our starting point. So our focus is going to be on, well, who is the Holy Spirit. And how does the Holy Spirit relate to me? How does the Holy Spirit relate to our church? How does the Holy Spirit relate to the world? So I think the best place that we can go as we think about our own relationship with the Holy Spirit is to the Bible. And I want to start with two books in the New Testament today. We're going to begin with the Gospel of John. A gospel means the good news of Jesus, the the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's written, uh, attributed to his disciple, John, who's one of the 12 disciples. And we're going to pick up the story where Jesus is with his disciples and he's getting ready to, he's telling them that he's, he's not going to be with them forever. He's getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to be executed. He's going to come back to life, spend some time with them, and he's going to go back up into heaven. He's going to ascend into heaven. He's trying to help prepare them for that. And In a way, he's speaking directly in a way he's kind of speaking vaguely in a way that they don't fully understand. But he's saying, I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to be back. Uh, And in the meantime, I'm going to be with God the Father. We can hear you through prayer, uh, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself. And and so this is what Jesus says to his disciples about him being gone and and what's going to happen and, and, and who they're going to have with them. So let's pick up the story in John 14, beginning with verse 15. Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, this is the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him, right? He's a person, right? God's person. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. So Jesus is saying, I'm going away. I'm going to send you another who's just like me, and he will be with you. I've been with you in person. He will be with you inside of you. He will live inside of you. And so this is a powerful thing. Jesus continues. uh, We're jumping a couple of chapters ahead to John 16. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. That that had to sound crazy to the disciples. How can this be for our good? You're the son of God. You're God himself. You are our, our master and our teacher, and we love you. You're with us. How can it be good for you to go away, Jesus? Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world, the devil, now stands condemned. So Jesus says, it is a good thing for me to be going away so that you can receive The Holy Spirit who will live in you and will try to convince the world that sin and judgment and forgiveness are all true things. And again, from the disciples viewpoint, we've got God in person with us here. How can it be good for you to go away? But Jesus says it is good for you because the spirit, the advocate will come and live in you. It will be like I will be with you Inside of you, this is the Holy Spirit. Now, the cool thing is it wasn't just a promise to the disciples 2,000 years ago. That's a promise to all of us who seek God, the triune God, that the Holy Spirit is ready to live in us. It'd be like hanging out with Jesus, only it's hanging out with the Holy Spirit that resides in us. So it is good for Jesus to be away for a while so that the Holy Spirit can live in us. So now let's jump ahead. Jesus is executed. He's crucified on the cross. He comes back to life. He spends some time with his disciples. uh, And then uh, he, he, he sends them to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. And he tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit. And he ascends into heaven. And so the disciples are now waiting on the Holy Spirit. Jesus has gone up into heaven And uh, it's the the time of Pentecost, which was a religious festival, a religious celebration. And so other Jewish people from all around the world had come to Jerusalem and they were there and the disciples were there and it was a crazy kind of time. And so we pick up that story in the book of Acts, uh, which is short for the actions of the apostles, the early disciples. This shows how the early church started. Acts was part of the gospel of Luke and Acts were one big book together. They kind of got chopped in half and spread out in the Bible. But this is the story of the birth of the church. And the Holy Spirit is the main character here, the main driver. And so we're going to pick up the story now as the disciples are waiting on the Holy Spirit. All these people are from around the world speaking different languages, coming to celebrate Pentecost. And here's what happens. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, which by the way is today, we're celebrating that today in our church and all Christian churches around the world, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So the Holy Spirit is manifesting in a physical way, kind of in, in forms of fire. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now this is not like speaking in tongues that we've seen elsewhere in the Bible. This is just speaking in other languages. So the disciples are speaking in the languages of people around the world and they're talking about God and the Holy Spirit is making this happen. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? These guys come from a specific region in the northern part of Israel. There's no way they can understand all the languages of the world. How are these uneducated fishermen doing this? Right? How can they do this? They ask, aren't all these speaking Galileans? How is it that they, each of us hears them in our native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Right, these guys are drunk. They're crazy. Don't make anything out of this. But the disciples had a much different experience. Now what happens next is that Peter, the leader of the disciples, full of the Holy Spirit, stands up in front of all these thousands of people and he gives a sermon. And he talks about who Jesus is and what Jesus did on the cross and how Jesus fulfills all of the Old Testament scriptures and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the sermon, this, this Holy Spirit-filled sermon, over 3,000, actually the Bible says 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus and, they, and the church was born, right? And that's through the power of the Holy Spirit working through the disciples. So this amazing gift... Of the Holy Spirit has come upon the disciples in this special way. Now, the Old Testament talks about the Spirit of God, and so the Spirit of God is not a new thing. It's always existed with God the Father and the Son uh, before there was time and after there will be time. But now the Spirit has come in this special way to the disciples, and again, it's not just limited to two thousand years ago the same spirit that lives in these disciples lives in the bible is able to live in us and that's where i want us to begin to think about what does it look like in 21st century america here in south park for us to be full of the holy spirit have we experienced that have we encountered that have we seen other people who are full of the of the spirit what does that look like in our lives and why does it matter let me just say this, you know, what if I came to you today and I said to you that uh, I had a supernatural encounter with God and that God filled me inside and he gave me the specific supernatural gift to be an awesome basketball player. Now, what would you expect if I said, I know that sounds really weird and mental, but, but just run with me here. If God gave me the supernatural ability to play basketball, what, what do you think might seem different about me? I could probably go out and, and hit three-point shots all day long with somebody standing right in my face. I'd be able to defy gravity as a 5'11 guy in his mid-40s, mid to late 40s, uh, and jump up and be able to dunk the basketball I could go enroll at Duke University and I would be so great because God endowed me with the supernatural ability. We win four straight national titles, no one and dones. We do it four years in a row. Then I'd go play for the Hornets and we would win the NBA finals every year, right? Because if I said to you that God came to me and endowed me with supernatural basketball abilities, you would expect that there would be something different about my basketball abilities, correct? I wouldn't just be Pastor Kyle, middle-aged guy who can't jump and touch the rim, right? So if God endowed me with supernatural powers, it might look something like this picture. right? So instead of Stephen Curry, it'd be Kyle Curry, and the Golden State Warriors wouldn't be down three games to one, to the Toronto Raptors. You know what I what I've, I've feared has happened? Is that God visited Stephen Curry and, and, and gave him Pastor Kyle basketball skills. And uh, maybe that's why they're down three games to one. But I hope that's not what has happened to him. But, but I think you get my point, right? If God lives in us and comes in us, then there should be some visible sign of that. There should be something different about that. As we go forward with this series, we're going to see that, that people who have the Holy Spirit living in us or living in them, Right? The, the Bible says that there's fruit of the Spirit. Like a tree has fruit, people with the Holy Spirit, you can see things in their life. And it says that, that people who are full of the Holy Spirit are full of joy. And they're full of love and they're full of of kindness. They're full of inner peace. That even in the midst of turmoil, that they have a sense of peace about them. That that people can look at at people with the Holy Spirit and just see that God is in them. And that there's something special and different about them. Now, the, the good news is that we look around and we see other Christians and followers of God. And we clearly see this. We see people who are on fire with the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit living in people's lives. But a challenge, and this is something I want us to wrestle with, is that we also know people who who follow God or claim to follow God. And, and we look at them and we look at their lives. And, and it, we might be looking in the mirror, by the way. And, and we see that, that there's no joy and there's no kindness. And, and there's there's a lot of judgment and there's no inner peace and there's no love and And we wonder, well, what's the disconnect? And then we look at other people in the world who do not profess to follow God or the triune God. And and we see that their lives are full of joy and their lives are full of love and their lives are full of peace and their lives are full of kindness. And we wonder, how is that possible? And what's going on? Now, now I would say to those of us who, who experience ourselves or we see others who follow God, who just don't seem to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that, that sometimes maybe it's just a bad day and that we're still human. And and some things just kind of get in the way, but, you know, we go through a spell, but then we get kind of back on uh, on track and, and we allow that Spirit to, to flow through us again. And so maybe it's it's a break. And, and for some of us, we've never encountered the Holy Spirit. We've, we, we come to church, we want to follow God, we, we try to follow God, but for whatever reasons, we might have shut ourselves off to the Holy Spirit, but there might still be hope. And there is hope for all of us yet maybe to be infused with that power of the Holy Spirit. So in your life, you know, what, what does your life look like with the Holy Spirit? Are we bearing fruit? Does it look to the world like something has changed that, that God is living inside of us? And then for those who don't follow God and have the joy and have the peace and, and have the kindness and the love, I think that is evident uh, evidence of what is taught in Scripture that the Holy Spirit is at work in our life even before we know who God is. And isn't that special that the people we care about that are are far from God, that we worry about, like their spiritual salvation and whether or not they're going to be with God forever, that that God's already at work in their life even before they know it, even before we know it. So, So this spirit is mysterious, but this spirit is a mystery of hope. So what? So what does that mean for you and me in our lives? What does it mean in our personal relationship with God? What does it mean for our church? What's, what's the point of these scriptures? What's the big idea? How does this affect our life? You know, we talk a lot at South Park Church about... Living life to the full, because in the gospel of John, Jesus said that was his purpose. He came so that we can live life to the full, to have life and to have it to the full, to have it abundantly. And, and we talk a lot about that. And, and I think the so what moment of the scripture as we think about the Holy Spirit today is this, is that life to the full is life in the spirit. Life to the full is life in the spirit. Right? So to discover life to the full, discover the Holy Spirit. Right, If we want to discover life to the full and what that means and what that looks like, we've got to discover the Holy Spirit. So in your life right now, what's your experience of the Holy Spirit? What's your experience of life to the full? Is it full? Is it empty? Is it half empty? Right, Life to the full is life in the Spirit. To discover life to the full, discover life life in the Holy Spirit. We've got to discover the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? How can we begin to do that? I'll offer you a few options maybe to consider. The first of them is a simple one. Just come back. Just just keep coming back. The next several weeks, we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, a a lot about the Holy Spirit. And so if you just want to come, this is a great way to do that to talk about head knowledge, talk about heart knowledge, right? Keep coming back. And so now next Sunday, you know, we're going to worship with Sharon Presbyterian for Father's Day to kick off summer. Uh, I know some of you have asked, well, why are we doing that? You know, and uh, what's the deal? It's like, well, they invited us and, and they've been really good to us in our time off of our campus as we were in the frontier that we call it. And you know, they let our, our choir for the early service, our handbells practice there uh, throughout the week. We've gone and done Christmas worship with them. We've packed meals for, for hungry people with them. We're going to have vacation Bible school with them. They just, it's really cool to see these two South Park churches coming together. And so uh, I know it's different next week. and I know you might be thinking about skipping church, you know, because it's not here. And I just would encourage you to come. And uh, experience that. And the Holy Spirit's watching you, right? No, i just kidding. Uh, I'm not going to guilt you into that. But it's going to be a special service. Pastor Nancy and I will be involved in that. And so we'll hope you come and be a part of it. But, but after that, the next several weeks, we're going to be here talking all about the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's one thing that we can do. The other thing is you can buy the book today from Francis Chan, Forgotten God. We've got it out in the lobby. Uh, we purchased a bunch, and we're going to sell it to you less than what we bought it for. They're $12. Uh, it's the lowest price you can get it anywhere. We've checked. Uh, and so it is. We want, it, we, want it, we want you to be able to get it here. We don't make any money. We're going to lose money. We, we believe that this book is so powerful. We want to put it in your hand today. Uh, and so uh, please check that out. The other thing to do is just read the Bible for yourself again the Holy Spirit's all over the old and the New Testament uh, but if you really want to dive into the Holy uh, in the Holy Spirit you might want to start in the in the Gospels of Luke and John in the book of Acts remember Luke and Acts were one book uh, and John's a separate book uh, if you just really want the crash course read the book of Acts right it, it's, it's Holy Spirit one-on-one one, and so just check that out right so these are three ways specific ways that you can help grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit now our goal is to help everyone discover the Holy Spirit. If you know the Holy Spirit, take a step closer to the Holy Spirit. And I, Now, I can't promise you that we're going to understand the Trinity because it is crazy hard and mysterious, but we're going to do our best to, to, to make it more accessible. And I think some of us need head knowledge about the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the Holy Spirit. But I'm guessing a lot of us really need some relational connection with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is a person, it's God, it's God Almighty, and that the Holy Spirit wants to live in us and have a loving personal relationship with us and, and relates to God the Father and, and Jesus the Son. And so for a lot of us, I think it's going to be more of a, a relational, and emotional connection. So. We're going to try to do all those things. So again, come back, read the book, read some in the Bible. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is, is we've got to be open. So let me ask you this question, and we'll put it up on the screen. When was the last time that I, you, undeniably saw the Holy Spirit at work in or around me? Right? Ask yourself this question. When was the last time that I undeniably saw the Holy Spirit at work in or around me? And that's a powerful question, and hopefully it's it's recent, if not We're going to try to help you with that and and to address that. Uh, This morning in our early worship service, uh, we said goodbye to uh, a couple in our church, Bill and Nancy Berry, who've been members of our church for almost 20 years. And they're moving to Connecticut, uh, uh, where, uh, where they're from, or they have a home place up there. And they're going back there in their retirement to be near their family. And so it's a day of mixed emotions today, as we said goodbye to them, and we celebrated the many things that they've done for God here in our congregation, and, and we we're also sad because we're, we're going to not see them every Sunday, but we know that as Christians, we always will see them again, so it's not goodbye, it's not goodbye forever. And so, you know, as I think about people who are just full of the Holy Spirit, I think Bill and Nancy Barry are two great examples of that. I can't begin to name all the things that they've done in, in the history and the life of our church, but uh, I'll, I'll focus on one each. And, and for so Bill Berry, he's been a great teacher for a lot of our Sunday school classes, our small groups, and just a very smart man. And I just, I can't tell you how many times after our worship service, he'd come and shake my hand, you know, out in the uh, the atrium back at the old church here in the lobby here in the theater and just seemed so excited, you know, hey, you know, Kyle, today, you know, we're studying this in our, in our Sunday school class, our small group, and it goes along with the, the theme of the message or, you know, what we prayed about today, and he's just on fire with that, and it wouldn't be uncommon for Bill to come up and say, Kyle, you know, I just read this book on quantum mechanics, you know, the, the basic underlying forces of physics of the universe and all this math and science stuff that's way beyond me, and he's like, you know, I'm studying this quantum mechanics, and, and Kyle, I can just see God all over it and how God operates in the universe, and it just helps me believe more in God every day. And I'm just standing there looking at him with my mouth open going, oh, wow. You know, it's just so full of the Holy Spirit and just this joy and learning about God and communicating that to other people. And it's just, it's just so contagious. And, and then his wife, Nancy, was, she did a ton of stuff in our church. She was very active in our United Methodist Women and Big and helping their outreach uh, to help people all around the world with missions and stuff like that. And one of the coolest things about Nancy is she used this phrase from a Catholic priest named Richard Rohr, uh, and, and she talked about these thin places in life. And what she meant by that is that there's some places in life where, where God's kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth come so close together that, that you can see through. like It's like a, like a thin, thin membrane or a thin wall where we can actually see into heaven as heaven sees into us. And and Nancy knows that God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, sometimes they smash through that that barrier, and and, and, and those thin places become open places. But I just, I, again, I can't tell me how many times that Nancy's come up to me just with these joyful tears in her eyes to say, Pastor Kyle, this week I, I just I encountered another one of those thin places, and this is where I see God at work in my life, and God in the work in the life of our church. And I just, I, I wanted to tell you about that. And I'm just going to miss that so much from her. Right Where where heaven and earth come together and, and we cross over and, and we encounter what? The Holy Spirit. And these just two examples of people in our congregation who are full of the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you undeniably saw the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life or in the life of someone that you know? And what a great thing to celebrate. And if you haven't seen that, what a great opportunity and a great hope for us to open ourselves to receive this Holy Spirit, which is very real, who is very real, who is with us right here and right now. So in this book, Francis Chan, early in the first chapter, he he, he asks a question to his wife and he says, Have you ever thought about what caterpillars think about? She's like, what? You've got to be crazy. Don't put that in the book. That is going to kill your project. And of course, it made it in the book. And and this is why it made it in the book and why it made it in, in, in what I'm saying today. He said, well, think about it, right? So you're a caterpillar. You're this little fuzzy worm. You're crawling around. You're cute. You're having a good time. You know, you go to sleep, you end up in this cocoon that you probably don't even know has happened. Uh, You wake up, you're not sure how long you've been out. You look around, you're no longer this, you know, little worm, this fuzzy little worm crawling all over the place. You're like this butterfly. You've got these wings that are amazing and you can fly and see the world in a whole new way. You know, what do you think the butterfly thinks? Right? Does the butterflies, are they conscious of, of the caterpillar they used to be? Do they remember time in the cocoon? You know, or Are they just focused on the sore? You're just saying, wow, it's so cool to be a butterfly. I like being a caterpillar. That was okay. The cocoon was warm and snuggly. I like that too. But man, I'm a butterfly. This is incredible. I am so glad to be a butterfly. Right? Francis Chan talks about when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's a butterfly moment for us. Right? And so we have this this part of God, this God himself living inside of us, and it changes everything, right? And, and it's really cool to think about the leak to death and resurrection with Jesus, right? God created us, Jesus died for us, came back to life, and now the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so I just, I would wonder how many of us have experienced the Holy Spirit Do we feel like we're the butterfly and we're soaring in life and, and we see the amazing things because God is living inside of us. And How many of us are are caterpillars? It's okay to be a caterpillar. It's it's fun to be a caterpillar. We're cute. We're furry. We're kind of going through life. Things okay. But we could be butterflies and we could have a different level of existence as the Holy Spirit lives in us and helps us soar. And how many of us are in the cocoon? And, And maybe the cocoon is just a a warm cozy place where you know we enjoy going to movies and being entertained and focusing on ourselves and and we like it here and we think this is awesome but we don't realize how much more is out there if we were willing to get out of our shell and let the holy spirit come and live in us that we could soar through life in ways that are much better the cocoon or how many of us are in the cocoon and it's not a fuzzy warm place it it feels like it, a coffin that we're going through life and life just stinks and it's rough and we're scared or we're angry or we're hurt or we're mad and we we don't trust our heart to anyone. And we'd love to be a caterpillar again, but we have no clue that we can come out of this cocoon and be something better as a butterfly. Life's just crutching us. And so if we're caterpillars or we're in that, that cocoon, the good news is we can soar like a butterfly when we let the Holy Spirit come and live in us. When we welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives as we think about living life to the full life to the full is life in the spirit if we want to discover life to the full then we must discover the Holy Spirit so I would invite you to think and pray when was the last time you undeniably experienced the Holy Spirit in your life and if you haven't received that in some time that maybe now is the time to say come Holy Spirit you're welcome here Come and live in me and help me to fly like that butterfly in life. I invite you to think about that as I now invite you to join me in prayer and join in a responsive song where we invite that Holy Spirit in. Let us pray together. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and live in us, Holy Spirit. Come and live and be in this place. Help us to transform God from that caterpillar, from that cocoon into those butterflies, knowing that you are ready to pour yourself into our life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and live in us.